Peace and prosperity is my first salute to you. I'm Merton Clark, and welcome to the Word of Truth Revealed podcast. It is my desire to build you up, to increase your spiritual stamina and tenacity, to empower effectiveness and help you discover your purpose. Enjoy this vibrant and dynamic message. Have you ever made a commitment in your life, a commitment to yourself or to someone that you did not follow through with? It wasn't their fault. It was your fault. Most of us have made commitments that we have fallen through with. Fortunately, I've never bought a car that was ever repossessed. And I'm going to brag on that for a moment. But there are others who've fallen into that. So I'm not going to brag on that for a moment. There are others who may have made a commitment to buy a house or whatever and have fallen through through hard times. It's happening all over the country. Uh, for 17% of some communities uh, that are losing their business because of COVID-19, 37% of African Americans are losing their business. I want you to think about double, double those who are in mainstream or those uh, small business owners who may be of different ethnic groups. In the African American communities, over 37% of the businesses have ended between February and April of last year. What about after that? People are suffering, they're going through, they're dealing with all kinds of issues. People are making commitments and sometimes it's not you that hinders uh, the ceiling of that commitment. Sometimes life happens and I talked about seven enemies, uh, five enemies of, uh, five enemies of commitment or change that occurs in every person's life. And the first one is excuses. Excuses. Uh, people back up off of their vow unto the Lord and just make any old excuse will do. And if you're not really committed, any excuse will do. As I shared with our church this morning, there are some people who were never committed to equal opportunity and to equal rights. They were just committed to making sure brutality stopped in the streets. So you see a George Floyd with his life taken away, and there are people who look at the brutality and say, I'm committed to stop that. But when it comes to making sure that everybody gets the same interest rate, that everybody has health care, that everybody gets everybody, you can live in my neighborhood now, you start seeing a pushback. Because there are people who are committed to some things, but not to total equality. This is what Martin Luther King said years ago, and I'm not preaching King today, but I just need to drop this on you because Georgia is on my mind. A midnight train to Georgia is on my mind. And about it has always been in the archives and in the history and the annals of America to keep certain people outside of the voting booths. I don't know why I get people of color saying, I don't agree with this. You got to, my vote needs to count. Your vote does count. <laughs> you, your vote counts now better than ever before. You're listening to rhetoric. Georgia's on my mind. One lady, instead of uh, being defeated, I don't know her background, don't know her sexual orientation. All I know is, is that after being defeated, she didn't look back. Her name is Stacey Abrams. I'm not preaching Stacey, but I'm just letting you know. 
What she did is said, instead of sitting back crying because I lost, crying because I didn't make governor, crying because nobody respects me, she said, I'm going to start an organization to get people of color and people that don't know what time it is to get educated about the census, to get educated about what's happening in our nation, to make sure certain lines aren't drawn in our community, to stop people from going to voting booths because those senatorial committees and leaders like that, they draw those lines. And she made sure that people had a voice in the voting booth and Georgia spoke loud. Now, I'm talking about commitment. Any old excuse would do. Some people, when they miss it, when they fail, when no one goes with a plan, they forsake everything. They fail to make a commitment. Or if someone else that you want to make a commitment with fail to agree, they don't commit to anything, just back away from God, act like they have drinking sour milk, making sure they drink lemons with no ice cream and with no sugar and just walk around like eating sour grapes all of the time, blaming everybody. When all you got to do is make a commitment, shift your life and go in another direction. And this is what the church is about. We all must make commitments. Any old excuse will do if you don't make. And it's an enemy of change and commitment. The second one was discouragement. Discouragement. All of us go through it. If you're raising children, you'll be discouraged. If you're married, at times you'll be discouraged. If you're a young person and you want to go to college and things aren't moving well, or you feel like your parents don't understand you, you can be discouraged. Discouragement means you're lacking courage. That's why you need to be encouraged and it will take care of your discouragement. We need to pump some courage in you. For this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth and you will meditate on it day and night and you will have good success. Meditate on the word day and night. Let me wrap it to you. Meditate on the word day and night. You will have good success. Maybe you listen if I wrap it to you. Give me a beat if I wrap. Mm, mm, I meditate on the word day and night and you will have good success. Maybe that's what you need to be entertained to get it. Discouragement is real and we need to get to a point where we meditate on the word. And if you pump courage in you, discouragement can't stay. Be encouraged. Glory to God. The second thing, the third thing is anxiety. A lot of people are taking pills for their anxiety. But if you smoke marijuana, anxiety is going to come anyway. That's what follows anxiety, follows marijuana use. And since everybody's doing it, I thought I'd mention it. And then the fourth thing is disruptions. Disruptions happen. And about this time last week, I talked about disruptions. That's things that happen that occur. Maybe an illness or the death of a child. Sometimes bad decisions, disruptions occur. You didn't see it in the plan. It never happened. And if you're not careful... Your commitments, they will suffer. Stay committed. And then number five is waiting. No one should wait while standing still. When you wait, you should make movement. If you wait while standing still, we call it procrastination. No one has time to be waiting while standing still. Serve while you wait. 
And if you wait on the Lord, he will renew your strength. You will mount up like wings of an eagle. You will run and not be weary. You will walk and not faint. We're defining commitment. Commitment is an agreement or pledge to do something in the future. It's a decision to do something positive in the future. I'm making a commitment to be a good pastor to you. I'm making a commitment to be a good entrepreneur. I'm making a commitment to continue with our efforts in our community. I'm making a commitment to study, to show myself approved. I'm making a commitment to be an example for others who to follow. I'm making a commitment to build legacy. I'm making a commitment to spread the gospel. And every one of us should be able to do, I'm making a commitment to take care of my family. I'm making a commitment to be an example. And all of us should have commitments that we're making right now. If you are no commitment type person, you're not worth your weight in salt. Because without the commitment, we don't, it's loose fitting. You can, take, you can take me off like I'm taking off my jacket with no commitment. I don't think about what the jacket feels if I'm not committed to wearing it. I wouldn't care about this jacket. Jordan don't make me, I make it. So let me pick it up. <laughs> pick it up quick. There's some stuff we've thrown down, we need to pick it up. Maybe it didn't mean anything to you then, but does it mean anything now? You make a vow, you stick with it. You make a commitment, you stick with it. You throw it down, it's time to pick it up. There are five essential truths about uh, empowering you to make an unwavering commitment. Number one, commitment is demonstrated by actions. I, commitment starts in the heart and out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks in other words when you make a commitment you eventually will say it with your mouth no one that makes a commitment will stay silent you have to be able to say it that's why when you get married you walk down the aisle the preacher or the priest says something like do you commit to this woman do you vow to this woman uh, to stick with her for better or for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, and forsaking all others, keep yourself only under her as long as you both shall live. And if you're wise, you better say, yes, I agree. If you don't say it, she may walk away from you at the altar. You have to make commitments. And no lady should make a commitment for the man. In other words, when the man, the priest is talking to the man, she said, yes, he'll take care of me. No, you need to be quiet. I need him to say it. If he don't say it, we don't have anything. I was uh, doing a wedding on the beach and the couple walked down and the lady started crying when she stood before me. When I said, who give this woman to be married to this man? And her father said, I do. And I said, well, right now you stand alone because he's given you up and this man hadn't committed yet. And there's a moment here, especially in adoption. There's a moment where we cancel parental rights. Which means the person being adopted don't have nobody. The state had, that hadn't adopted you and your parents' rights have been canceled. And there you stand alone. And there's a moment when that happens. And she just looked at this dude. I said, can this man do what your father did? She looked at him. I don't think so. 
You just started crying. I said, oh, God. She cried for 30 minutes. I held it right there. Let it all out. He need to see it, too. You still want to marry him now? She looked at him again. Cried again. That time for one minute. She said, I think I'm ready. I said, I need to hear yes. She said, yes, sir. Okay, we can move forward. He was looking at her strange after that. You should have checked on that son before you came this, down this aisle. You should have been the one. Do you commit to me and I commit to you? Why didn't you make that happen? Commitment is a demonstration of action. It starts in the heart, but it then it, it, it comes out. It's demonstrated by what we do. And eventually you'll say it and then you'll take action. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth what? Speaks. And if commitment is in your heart in abundance, eventually it will come across your vocal cords. It just happens. Anybody that's silent and won't commit, won't communicate, I'm telling you right now, they lack commitments because it's inevitable it starts in your heart it will come out of your mouth in vowel form and then you'll see action taking place secondly commitment determines what is worth dying for are you willing to die for something well if you don't commit you'll never know what you're willing to die for if you're not committed to a family you say i'm not dying for family if there's some non-negotiables in your life and you never commit to, you'll never be able to say this is worth dying for. And let me just help you. I'm not talking about physical death. There's some things that you have to die out to when you make commitments. I mean, die out to it. I, I can't do that no more. I can't bring this and squeeze it through this, this, tight, this tight gate and get it into this room. You know why? Because I made a commitment to the room. So I can't bring everything that I have in it. Some things got to leave out of the door or at the edge of the camp. And then commitment also originates in the heart. I said it earlier. It originates in the heart. It's a decision that you make. Decision. Cut off options. Number four, commitment can be measured over time. Which means anytime you make a commit commitment in any company, they can track your commitments in attendance. How much time, how much time do you take off? You always call in sick, especially on a Monday after you get a, you know, after you had a binge. Do you call in sick and we see you on Facebook hanging out? What about a church? We can look at commitment levels and tell how committed you are, especially at the top of the year. We need to get committed. It can be measured over time. And it is dangerous to put responsibility on people who abdicate responsibility. They like title and they like, they like deeds and they like land, but they don't like the responsibility that goes with it. There are people who come to me who say, I was at my previous church and I was a deacon, I was an elder, I was a trustee. Okay, what are you doing now, huh? I don't even see you for six months. I see you on Facebook 
hanging out with, committed to everything, but not to your church and supporting it. Well, Bishop, if you gave me a microphone, then I will commit. Wrong answer. Before we give you a mic, how many towels did you pick up? Before we give you a towel, how many, how many, before we give you a title, how many towels did you use to serve others? How many feet did you wash? How many young people did you help that can't give you nothing back? What about your mercy ministry and your, your, your faithful ministry? Faithful ministry is intercessory prayer, playing the worship and the music and singing. That's all faithful music. Tithing, that's faithful music. Coming to the house of God, that's faithful. We need to make commitments about faithful ministry. But what, what about mercy ministry? It's when you help people that can't help themselves. You show mercy to them. How strong are we with that? Helping people that can't pay you. We need to grow there this year. And then thirdly, what about justice? To actually attack the systems that create problems in our community, that produces someone getting pushed out of foster care without a place to go. A system that's in place. Are you ready for it? I'm the co-founder of Bavard Justice Ministry. I'm working on a logo now for that ministry, Catholic priest, uh, Presbyterian, uh, Lutheran, uh, Charismatic, and Baptist are all coming together, pouring in our resources to attack the systems in our community. God says, I don't need to hear worship when you won't go outside of your worship experience and attack the systems that's causing the problems in our community. I'm elevating now, going beyond the walls of the church. And I'm looking over and there are systems in place that's creating the disparity, the disparity in our community. And we need to attack them. A lot of people like to deal with the problem. But what about the darkness that's causing the problem? That's what you can't curse the darkness. You got to curse the systems that's creating the darkness. And then we need commitment. Uh, uh, not only does commitment measure out, it's measured over time, but commitments open the doors for many opportunities. Now, if I said, how many of you want a new opportunity? Everybody want that, right? But your commitment today prepares you for the new opportunity tomorrow. For those of you that are on, your own, uh, on Facebook Live, I need you to start taking notes and not just say amen to what I'm saying. I need, what did I say? I said commitment opens the doors for opportunity. And your commitments today will create, uh, will open doors and prepare you for new opportunities tomorrow. The best time to sow a seed is 20 years ago because you will be dealing with the harvest of that seed today. The second best time is right now. The opposite of an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. This is the lack of commitment. The opposite of commitment is the opposite of engagement or obligation. People who are loose fitting. The opposite of engagement. Never commit to anything, never take vows, never sign their names. I don't know, gotta pray for 15 years before they take any action. I need to be certain. I need to be sure. See, I need to know what God, what God wants me to do. Okay, you said that last January. 12 months have passed, and you're saying the same thing now. I say, I want to be sure. I want to make sure that I, I don't make no mistakes. 
That's what you hear, what I hear, when it's time to make commitments. And st kids are still drowning. People are still suffering. Ministry still has to go on. The community is dying. It's crying. The earth is crying. The scripture says it's groaning. So this year when a hurricane comes, instead of saying, wow, another, you need to hear the earth is groaning, awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Where are the sons? Where are the people that are supposed to be growing? That's what Mother Earth is saying. Where are the men? From the earth, from, from dust to the form of a man, from the dust of the ground you were formed. Where are the men? You came out of earth. You came out of mother. And before you go back to the earth, you must perform something. The earth is waiting for men to come out of the clubs and to come out of the joints and stop joining yourself up all the time. I went to get a haircut. I, I was laid back, woke up. What in the world is going on here? Something. I smelled something. Dude come in all tattooed up at 11 o'clock during the day. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Tattooed all up. Got a girl with him hanging out. Ain't got no job. Don't care about no job. And everybody going after the hair all different, all tattooed up, trying to look like some professional football player smoked up so much you can't work. And it grieved me. Are you committed to what? Well, you committed to the herb. You committed to what's the professional name for it? Uh, cannabis. Yeah, that's it. Cannabis. Let me go to the cannabis people. The happy people. <laughs> I can't even go up to a red light smelling you. And you wonder why the cops pull you over or why you didn't get a job. What was the piss test like? You took a urinalysis, man. You just tell your people, well, they just didn't hire me. They didn't like me. But you know you pop positive. As soon as the judge, we're trying to create a safe zone here. The judge says, you need to get some community hours. They flood me out. Why are you coming to the church now so you don't have to get, so you can get past a judge? I need hours. I don't see you after the hours are up. When I'm preaching, you don't want to hear that. You want to hear the boys talking about go ahead and do it. But when you like that, you're going to make some bad decisions. You know why? Because you make a commitment that it slows you down. It slows you down. You're all cool like that. You're cool like that. But you don't have anything to pack your back. Then I got to deal with the judge. Giving you another chance. Over and over and over again. I'm tired of that man. Get yourself together. Are you over 20 years old? If you're 20 years old. There's some things you got to have in line. I can't make you over nurtured. And underdeveloped. You've been hanging around way too many women man. But I preach myself at this. I ain't going back to that church. I already know. That's why, why I got you, I'm going to deal with you. You got to put down some commitments, my brother. Too many people are telling you, you fine, lady. Too many people tell, ooh, you're so fine, so you don't have to do nothing because you're fine? Get in college somewhere. Make a commitment. The opposite of commitment is, is the lack of engagement or obligation. You don't take any obligations or take them seriously. It restricts free freedoms. When you obligate, 
You can't say I'm just liberal and I'm do whatever I want because commitment makes you stick with a, a certain course of action. The opposite of commitment is, watch this, irresponsibility. You can't lead nothing like that. And so God wants you to get a word from him. Negligence is also there. You know what you're supposed to do, but just fail to come up to the standard. Non-commitment and even carelessness. Luke chapter 17, verse 30. Please like and share on Facebook and spread this word. Luke chapter 17 and verse 30. It will be just like this on the day of the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is on the roof of his house with goods inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. Whoever tries to keep his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. Now notice, when the Son of Man is revealed, wherever you are, that's what you need to be committed to. So if you're on the rooftop, rooftop represents elevation. You've gone through the basement living. You've gone through staircase living. You've now elevated to the rooftop of a situation. And that's where he wants you to be committed to. If you're on the rooftop, why would you commit to base living? <laughs> if you're educated, you say I'm smart. Why would you hang out with people who are still in the basement? You can get them saved, but you're not supposed to hang out there. If you say I'm smart and you're on the rooftop, you need to be committed to what, what happens on the rooftop. First of all, when you reach there, it, get hot, it gets hot up there and you can't uh, hide anything when you're on the roof. Everybody can see you. And that's one of the things that happens when we elevate to the roof. You're supposed to be visible. You can't be a rooftop person as it relates to proclamation, but you're hidden as it relates to practice. Get off the roof, climb down, and I don't want no one in my business type person. Once you go up there and every eye see you, you should live in a way where even if it's exposed, it's okay. Bible says if you're in the field, I'm going to point your portion there. So if you're out sowing in the field, you sow in hope. You're committed to the sowing so you can get a harvest. And if you're committed to the sowing, you'll be committed to the harvest. There are people who forsake the sowing. They just won't harvest living. But if you're committed to the field, you'll understand both of them are married to each other. Sowing and harvest. Seed time, harvest. Both of them are part of living in the field. The Beatles put out a song years ago called Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields. Well, even if it was a strawberry field, they were talking about LSD. But if you're talking about straw strawberry fields forever, forever, you can't do what makes you pleasurable forever. This is about sowing and reaping. If you remember Lot's wife, she was so committed to her past that when they pulled her out, angels pulled her out, she looked back. And there are times, for God's sake, for your sake as well, when God snatches you out of a burning house, I don't care if it burns up, don't go back there trying to go through the ash, keep moving. Anytime there's a, a fire, a flood, or a wind that destroys physical house or business, you have to look at it. 
The Bible says if there's a wind blowing, if a flood comes, if the rain descends and beat on your house, you will stand because of the ground, the foundation that you have. But if the foundation is off when the wind comes, you'll see major destruction and issues. And anytime that happens in the natural, those that are going through it have to look at it. What's going on in my life? What's happening? It's not to say it's your fault, but you should look at your foundation. Anytime there's a wind, anytime there's rain that destroys your physical dwelling, you got to start looking at your, your house. What's missing? What's scattered? What's broken? Is there peace here? If it's a flood, you got to start looking at two things. Number one, hepatitis or liver damage, and you got to look at what's in the lung. Flood de depicts on you examining your liver and your lungs. Mold grows up in floods. It affects the way you breathe. What's going on with your lungs? What are you ingesting? <laughs> the flood brings about what's happening with your lungs. What are you smoking? Number two, what about, got to get this now, what, hap what happens with floods? This reason why floods are so dangerous is because it mixes Water, fresh water with contaminated water. And if you drink it, you're going to mess up your liver with hepatitis B. When you see floods, you got to watch what you drink. I can't get no help. Is it Patron? Grey Goose? You just look at the, oh, what's happening? I'm looking at what's going on with liver. And God is calling it out and you need to get yourself together and come back, make a commitment to God. Well, I never heard something like that, Bishop. Well, I'm telling you, I never heard it either, but he gave me a revelation on it. There's some things that happen that you just can't help, but look at it. What are you ingesting? What are you, what's, what's going in your lungs? What's happening to your liver? Anytime you see a flood, just start looking at it. What's, what am I ingesting? Because the flood contaminates it. When does commitment happen? Write it down. Commitment starts the moment you decide. It only starts in the natural when there's a binding agreement between two parties. So before I go into a binding agreement with anybody, I always go take them to dinner. And I watch how a man eats in front of me before I make a decision. I watch how a lady eats if she takes chicken and just break it with her hands I, I'm I just can't handle it well why do you back up I, I just don't worry about it um, I, I may go along with a turkey leg okay but we better be at the islands of adventure <laughs> if we at your house you better be slicing that thing You can tell a lot about a person, the way they choose what they eat when they go out to dinner. All they want is sweets. But did you eat anything today? No, I just want the sweets. That's how you live? Because as a man thinketh, so is he, as he eateth. His, what he selects, you can see it in his business. Take him to dinner. A lady takes her time and not talk while she's chewing. 
Nhạc nhóm 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 And so demanding, it's got to be his way. What do you think he's going to do in a relationship? Or is he kind? Does he tip? Does he tip pennies or does he ensure proper service? Tips to ensure proper service. Tips. So I'm going to help you. I see you. I see, I see you're tired. Listen, here, take this $20 bill. Work it out for us. I see you working hard. You do it for airports. Man, move your bag from here to there. He's standing right there. He moved your bag from there, here to there. He's standing right there. You may wonder he's just looking at you or you think you're fine. He's looking for a tip. It happens all of the time. If you do any travel, you'll know what I'm talking about. Give the man a tip or take it yourself. That's why people have wheels on their luggage right now. They take it themselves. Personally, I like to ensure proper service. I already know. Have a little stash right there. Take that right there. Take them. People that travel with me, that's what they do. Take that right there. Don't bother with him. I wear shades and I keep moving. I go in and out of airports. Norman or Robert or Nick, they're the ones making sure I got what I need. They take care of it. I don't even worry about that. They're taking care of that. Don't bother him. We got this. We're moving forward. Get in and get out. But they ensure proper service. We've had ladies pushing me in an airport, I mean a long way, a lady pushing it. Because you ensure proper service, you could tell she's tired. But man, I've been doing this all day and nobody committed to me. Not me. I understand what it's about. I was at a restaurant with a preacher and a lady walked up and uh, she was elderly. And I looked at her shoes. Always, for some reason, I look at feet. And I can tell that they were worn on one side and she was limping I said are you right mother because she was over 65 and this was 15 years ago she was over 65 I said are you all right mother she happened to be Caucasian I said are you all right mother she looked at me she said something really tired the preacher said well it looks like you made bad decisions in your life now before you say anything about the preacher the preacher is just like everybody else Looking at themselves without vicariously standing in someone else's shoes. How many of us do that? He's used to saying pointed stuff like that to people when they're hurting. I may preach sharp, but I take care of people. I said, wait a minute. She said, my husband died. I said, do you understand now? Don't do that around me, man. He said, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. Ma'am, I'm sorry. Reached in his pocket and gave her $50. And it cured her. She said, woo. She said, woo. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Well, you said, well, money don't fix it. Well, he didn't mean it. He just came out of the side of his mouth. But he tried to make up for it. And it went a long way. Then I sealed it with another 25 Listen, I don't want you to have a bad attitude. Sir, thank you so much. I needed that. So God allowed you to feel pain so he can get this to you. Whew. You want the blessing without the scar. 
That's the blessing of the Lord to you. But it's not working. When he pulled Lot out, he scarred him. When he pulled, uh, when he pulled Jacob and Esau out, he scarred him. And when he pulls you out, he'll scar you. When he pulled Joseph out, to come out of the pit, they put irons on his legs, and the psalmist says that they scarred his ankles. You want to come out of the pit, but you don't want no scars. God will allow the scar to come and hurt your feelings for a season to, to get some blessing to you so you'll always remember. I'm preaching today. When this occurs, you will not allow the distractions of the world False promises of the world or even false promises of success to detour you. You'll stay committed. Thank you, Lord. If you're with a man, don't let another man dangle money in front of you to make you leave him. I guarantee you it won't turn out well. If you're with a man, stick with him. Even if he's going through hard times, as long as his heart is right, God will bless you. And if you're with a woman that's right for you, I don't care. You stick with them. Stay committed. But they got to treat you right. They have to temptations you. They got to treat you like a lady. <laughs> On the road to achieving excellence, many people will quit along the journey. All that run in the race all run, but only one receives the prize. How many people started out in Christianity with you and they've gone back? How many people are still out there that knew what you did? There are people on this road, they'll just walk away and say, I can't do it no more. And it, it means we're living in, a, in perilous times. Almost everybody I knew when I was 23, almost everybody that I knew when I was 23 years old, don't speak to me today. Almost everybody that I knew when I was 23 years old, doesn't, so why would I make a decision then based on the people who are around me, not knowing that they're not going to speak to me in the next 30 years. Those people have gone on. I got something else to do. I'm not walking with that. Truth what? Truth with what? I'm out of here. Some of my closest friends, I'm with you, man, never showed up once. I had to have a commitment to what God is saying. The key to having a winning uh, life or winning in life is to move beyond just being interested about stuff. You got to move to the place called commitment. A lot of people are intrigued. They even use that word. I'm intrigued with you. Okay. After the after that, what are you willing to secure? Been intrigued for seven years of dating. Oh man, you know everything about me, but you know you gained a little weight now. Think I'm out. You got to move beyond just being intrigued. You got to move toward a place called commitment. Once you're committed, you will work all of the calls, do everything necessary to complete your goals. Thank you, Lord. I want to close with this passage Psalm 37 Commit your way. To the Lord. Psalm 37 verse 5 and 6. Commit your ways. 
your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. Verse six, he will make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Notice what the psalmist says about commitment. If you commit your way and trust in the Lord with commitment comes trust. Because when you commit, you can't see everything down the road. What's going to happen here? What's going? This is what happens with our news cycle 24-7. People will call in and the person that's the host will say, okay, this is the issue. So what do you think is going to happen? And people are prognosticating. No one is God. You can't determine what's going to happen. God holds that. But you have people trying to prophesy based on what they see. They saw stock market up. They saw, saw issues going on. They say President Trump is good for everything. God says he's having a second term. Did he? Because if God said it, he would be in office. You say God put him there. I said God allowed Trump to get there to stabilize the courts. He's obviously there. You can't get there unless God worked with it. So if God put you there, the devil can take you now. Then you're contradicting scripture when it says if God is for you. If God is for you. Who can be against you? Now the demon Democrats, the devil, all of these. That, that, that's so ignorant. It, makes, it, it just doesn't make sense scripturally. If God put me here, yes, somebody can shoot me. Yes, that's why we got security. And yes, I can make mistakes. But no devil can take me out if God put me here. Through him, I run through a troop and I leap over a wall. Commit your ways not to man, to God. Trust in him and he, God, will do this. Are you committed to God? You want to get removed? Start saying what I did. I, 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 you start doing that, God hates that. Right now, listen, uh, President Trump. If you had said to this nation, the military is off the chain and God has given me the wisdom, we must invest in our military and I give God the glory. If you said that, whoa, heaven said, no, this man understands. I built the economy. If you say, you know what, this nation has gone through a lot of turmoil and we give God the glory for taking care of the economy. I put in certain things, but no one can do this without God. You got Paula Wright right there saying she's your advisor. You said I did it. I know more than a judge. Same thing. Look at my armies. Look what I've done. God says your armies, 70, a plague hit them like Corona and 70,000 died. You know what David did? Instead of saying it's their fault, he said it's my fault. I'm the leader. So he went and bought a threshing floor, took a sacrifice and said, God, stop the plague. And when God saw the heart of the man, he stopped the plague. Read the Bible, you evangelicals. If you believe that God is dealing with a man, give him truth. He holds the coals in his hands. You don't storm the capital. You take him back to scripture. Commit your way to the Lord. And if it goes for Donald Trump, it goes for Merton Clark and you too. He's not the only one that's indicted. People who enable him. And if I'm wrong, don't enable me. Say, Bishop, that's not right. Just don't throw your neck when you're talking to me. I'm telling you now. (laughs) 
Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. I like verse 6. He will make your righteousness shine. The shield of faith. The breast, breastplate of righteousness will not be dully. Not dull. It, it will start glowing. And every demon that's been attacking you will say, whoa, I see the shine in their armor. I'm not going to mess with that. If you saw a security man coming up here and he had his hands in his pocket and he was sitting on the side of the road and he said, I'm security. What would you say about the security ministry here? You would judge the security ministry by looking at that one person and a predator would say, I can get through that. But if the man is shining, shaven or groomed right and he's attentive and he's alert. Because he knows the adversary, the devil, is walking around like a roaring lion. And every once in a while, he just flashes stuff. Every once in a while. Yeah, I'm packing. Yeah. Every, don't pull it out. Just flashing it. And we got a canine that's walking, a, a Belgian Malinois. Every once in a while, she walks around. She's sniffing. She says, whoa. And we got us a vehicle across the street with security shield on the side of it. Some of the predators will keep moving. You know what? This is not a soft target. We need to go down the street. And that's what we're trying to do. Well, God is the one that perfects your security shields. And if you want to keep the enemy out, you got to commit ways to God. And if you do, he'll start making what you have shine. The devil will walk past you and say, I got to go to the next house because this one is fortified by God. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, like a new day. The justice of your cause, like new day sun. That's why I already know he's causing the sun to shine. It's going to cause your work to shine, your business to shine, your attitude is going to shine. I need you on my team, but I need your shine, even more important than your presence. You must shine while you're on the team. And when Solomon developed shields for his guards, he made them gold shields. That any time the sun hit it, it was, oh my God. No king had ever done anything like that. But he made sure they had gold shields. Later on down the line, when people stopped shining and they get their way, another king came and traded out the gold for brass. We don't need gold on our shields. Just put the treasury in my account. I'll give you brass shields. But what he didn't realize is that brass don't shine like gold. It's inferior. The enemy looked at brass shields and said, we can get through that. When it's gold, it blinds the enemy. The gold, that which is least tarnished and most enduring. It is a symbol of the pledge that we make. That's why we use gold when we get married with commitment. It's not that it's more expensive, but it is that which is least tarnished and most enduring. And it is a symbol of our pledge of our commitment. And I need gold shields. I need people who understand that. Not with inferior stuff. Don't bring me some synthetic Gucci. I need real leather. Worst thing you can do to a quality woman is give us some inferior shoes. Yeah, I got, I got these for about $20, $20, yeah. $20, what? Yeah, actually, I, I bidded him down, got him for five. 
you got to you got to present something to her that 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 costs something, man. It doesn't have to be extravagant like that, but it's got these are nice. Like for men, mezzelins. Well, I never heard of that, Bishop. Well, it's not Stacy Adams. I said mezzelins. I never heard of that. Okay, search it out. And if you want to give some shoes to your men, you need to move to mezzelins. Watch what he do when he see the mezzelins. Whoa, whoa. Wow. You're a good lady. Just like I brought a young man um, uh, some Jordans. I felt led to invest Jordans. This young man is doing well in school. And it just touched him deep. I was able to speak to him for an hour without even having him cut in when I gave him that gift. It opened him up. That's why I'm partnering with Nike and all of them to give out a thousand shoes in our Elite 1000 program. Because when you give a young boy some shoes, you can give him some instruction. These shoes should not be going in every room. They listen. Lord, give us the resources. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to pray in a moment that God will touch your commitments. Father, I give you praise for the commitment level that truth revealed this year going to another level. You're our God. Beside you, there is none other. I love and adore you. This people loves and adores you. We lift up our voices in praise. And Father, without commitment, there's no development into discipleship, into worship, into leadership, into evangelism. There is none without commitment. And I pray that commitment wouldn't be a vogue word in our church, that even young people would begin to commit to the things of God, commit to worship, commit to music, commit to cameras, commit to service, commit to helping another young person, commit to helping Josh, commit to helping Jordan, to make sure he's covered, Lord. To make sure his wife has everything she needs and his daughter. Commit to you. Let people see the value of even committing to the cause that you've given me. And not leave me in the blind. Or in Arabia somewhere on a mountain. Or at sea with no direction. Wondering when can I get home. Father, thank you for the navigation of commitment, for the GPS of commitment. It helps us to find the way home. I give you praise for that. I give you glory for that. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together. As some are in the habit of doing. But encouraging one another. And all the more. As you see the day approaching. Help us to be committed. To the gathering of the saints. Either physically or virtually. And we will give you the praise. Because we know the benefit in the harvest is rich. We thank you for that. In Jesus name. Amen. It has been a real joy to share the Word of God with you. A special thank you to those who care for this ministry. 
no amount of financial support is too small. It is because of you this ministry is possible. To support us, go to our website at truthrevealed.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with friends. Be sure to tag us when you share at Trim Nation One. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, I'll see you at the Word of Truth Revealed.